0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Starring Milana podcast where we try to build understanding in this crazy world, one conversation at a time. This is season five, episode 15, and we release every Monday, hashtag Milana Monday. This podcast consists of three different segments. The first one is called Talkworthy where we pick a few things going on in the media and try to offer a new or different perspective. The second segment is called BTS where we recap my past week, including any exciting encounters, new finds, and much more. The last segment is called TV Recap All things that I watch, including reality TV, scripted series, docu-series, documentary, and movies. Um, If you're listening via podcast app, there is a visual to this podcast. Visit youtube.com forward slash starring Milana. Make sure to subscribe, give this video a thumbs up, leave a comment. If you're watching on YouTube, there is, of course, an audio podcast of this podcast that you're watching um visit starring milana on apple spotify or anywhere where podcasts can be found make sure to subscribe leave a rating and a review guys please it really helps and of course follow me at starring milana on instagram In this week's episode, we are going to cover Uvalde's school shooting, Russia's ban list, my first time eating meat, and much, much more. Let's get straight into Talkworthy. The first thing I'm going to talk about is the Robb Elementary school shooting in Uvalde, Texas, in which 21 victims have died, 19 students and two educators Um. You know, I actually can't read about it like every time I see it on social media, I, I I just quickly read and then I move on because it really gives me anxiety and it's actually gone worse with age. And like obviously I'm not making this about myself, but I have having like a reaction, like a physical reaction to these school shootings. I get really bad anxiety and it kind of fucks me up mentally and I, I don't think I'm alone I think it, that happens to a lot of people so I actually try not to do too much research about it um, but you know for the sake of this podcast and just to be aware know what's going on out there I do um, you know read a little bit here and there about school shootings when they do happen even though I really really, really um, don't want to. And unfortunately, I feel like we've reached a point where this is kind of like the norm in this country, and it's kind of sickening because I feel like what's happening is that we read about it, we get really sad, we post, we get really loud, and then, you know, then we move on with our lives and we just go on with our day like, you know, it never happened, but, you know, a lot of people are dealing with the consequences and grieving, and we just kind of, you know, say it in the moment and then we move on. And that's really becoming the norm and it feels so wrong to me i feel like we are as a society almost numb to these school shootings and um I don't really know uh, what else to say. I've talked about school shootings in my podcast before. Um, I don't have the answers exactly to what I think needs to happen. I have some thoughts, uh, you know, and I think many people share my same thoughts in which obviously we, we want to talk about, you know, gun reform. That's the first thing that we really should be getting into when it comes to these school shootings. And I know that it quickly come becomes something that's like a tragedy and, you um, this horrible incident that happens and then it becomes super politicized with both sides kind of screaming at each other about mental um, health and also about gun reform and it really does become almost like a political thing and we forget what actually happened and what you know the problem is even though i i do think that both play uh, into part here when it comes to a lot of the school shootings a lot of them are you know Either motivated in some sort of hate or um, some mental health issues, and obviously the problem with you know both of those things is that it results in somebody getting access to some sort of gun or assault rifle, um, AR-15, whatever you want to call it, and then they come and it ends up you know, in a school shooting with in, with innocent people. Um, sometimes it's a grocery sh- store shooting. Sometimes it's a church shooting. So um, that's kind of why I think it becomes political because at the end of the day, the biggest problem that we're looking at here is why do people even have access to these weapons to begin with? And you know, I'm again like I, I feel like a lot of the time I come on here and just give a disclaimer, like, hey, I'm not really trying to talk about politics, and this really shouldn't be a conversation with uh, regarding politics every single time that one of these things happen. But I think that until the problem gets solved, um, that is exactly what it's going to end up being because at the end of the day, the right thing to do is to get a hold on this problem that we have in this country with people having such easy access to guns and weapons and it doesn't make any sense you know this kid was 18 he just turned 18 and then you know right after he turned 18 he went and he bought uh an ar-15 you know how is it that you're 21 years old and you just now barely can have a sip of wine right but you're 18 years old and you can have something in your possession that can kill so many people um and it's legal for you to have it. So that is really a problem that we have and I think that the I think the misconception about what's happening is that people think that you know democrats or liberals are saying hey we want to take all of your guns away. Like, no, I don't. That's not the case. I I think that we have the Second Amendment for a reason. People should be able to have a weapon um, as long as it's legally documented. And I do believe that we need to have stricter gun policy. We need to go through more evaluations. We need to get several permits. We should be uh, first of all learning how to shoot a gun, proving that we know how to shoot a gun, sitting down with whoever it is that's going to do a psych evaluation on us to find out if we're, we should even be able to have a gun in the first place we should make it very very difficult for people to be able to have guns and i know that's going to create some sort of black market where people are just going to be selling guns to anybody and i think those people need to have some heavy heavy consequences and fines but it makes no sense as to why we keep having having these same mass shootings year after year the numbers are getting ridiculous we are losing so many innocent lives and we can't figure out how to stop it. But other countries have figured it out. New Zealand, Australia, Canada, Britain. Anytime a mass shooting has happened, they figured out how to end it right then and there. They you know, they uh, put in place these policies. They um, also do a lot of buy- government buybacks where they buy back the weapons. They figure it out the first time, the second time it happens. not I don't even know what round of mass shootings we're on. So it hits me hard, but I can't imagine how parents feel. I, don't, I can't imagine how one must feel if they have a child and they have to send him off to school every day and then they see this on the news. How are you comfortable sending your child to school? I would be a paranoid freak. I am a paranoid freak about my 30-year-old sister not knowing where she is and what time she's coming home. I can't imagine having a young child off in school who's a child and wondering every day, hoping every day that they're going to make it home safely because you never know who's going to run up in there with a gun that they're they should they shouldn't really have access to um I think that at this point if it keeps going like this like if I had children I'd probably homeschool them and at that and how do you do that right don't you have to work like what you have to have the means to do that I mean and then they're not getting you know socialized the way they should like why do we even have to think of these alternatives when school is supposed to be a safe place for children they're supposed to be leaving a safe place, which is their house, and going to a safe place, which is their school. And we can't guarantee parents and children that safety in this country in 2022. It's really, really fucking sad. And people are, you know... Um, people are saying that teachers should be armed, that teachers, I keep saying that seeing this meme going around, like the only thing that can beat a uh, bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun, like whether they're referring to the police, who unfortunately, this situation really mishandled um, this shooting, but they're really talking about the teachers, you know, there's a group of people who are talking on social media about how one of the ways to solve this problem is to arm the teachers so that they're ready when a school shooter comes into their classroom. And I think that's the most fucking ridiculous thing I've ever heard. If I'm trying to be a teacher, I'm in school to be a teacher. I am trying to be an educator. I want to educate children. I want to be a part of their growth, their evolution, right? I love learning. I love teaching. I am not trying to learn how to shoot a gun just in case somebody runs into the school with a gun. Teachers are not meant to be trained to shoot because that's not part of their job title. Why the fuck are people? So now are we saying that like pastors should have a gun because people come up and shoot churches? Are we saying that um the store clerks should have a gun because people are coming up into grocery stores shooting up the spot like what how 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 far are we gonna go bankers like what where are we with how we're doing everything we're talking about everything except the actual problem here which is the fact that people have such easy access to guns that is the problem and that's what we need to focus on that is how we solve this or get rid of these mass shootings. I don't know. I'm also at the point where I really do believe that every single school should have a metal detector. I know it sounds like a little bit raggedy, like you're walking through a metal detector to get to school. I don't give a fuck. i rather have my children walk through a metal detector than worry about their safety every single day. I don't care if you're a private school, a public school, a charter school, a high school, an elementary school. I think everyone needs to walk through a metal detector because this is getting out of hand. And I would have felt safer in high school and middle school if I would have had to go through a metal detector and know that, you know, nobody sitting next to me could just whip out a gun and kill me. I would have felt much safer. So I do think that we do need metal detectors. At some point, there needs to be a technology that's like a small little scanner that's put in, you know, on top of every single doorway that people enter, whether it be a bank, a grocery store, it's just there. And you walk by and it detects, a gun or a weapon or the powder and a bullet whatever it is it should be detecting uh that that can kill a lot of people in one space i feel like that technology if it doesn't exist yet it should exist because we're not only talking about school shootings we're talking about grocery shootings we're talking about uh movie theater shootings we're talking about church shootings it's not just school shootings but honestly we 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 know that the majority of these shootings are school shootings right so um I just I hope that that technology is figured out. But the fact that I'm even trying to find a solution to something that shouldn't be happening at all, like at all. Why do people associate gun reform with their freedom being taken away? Nobody is taking away your freedom. You still have your fucking freedom and you could still own a gun if you are equipped mentally emotionally physically to own a gun I really think that we should go through evaluations to make sure the people that are that have access to something that can kill you in one second should and could be allowed to own one the other problem is we should be interviewing people's families some of these people have guns and you know these their sons take the gun to school and, and, and shoot up the school. Their their nephews are this or that because they have the access to the guns. The guns are not secured in the house. I think an evaluation needs to happen. I think someone needs to come to your house and say, where are you going to keep the gun? I know that that's a lot of work. And I know that that's a lot of, I don't know, taxpayers, dollars, whatever you want to call it. But if people want to have guns in this country, they should go through the proper channels to get the guns. I think that, if most people had to go through five evaluations, had to go through getting a permit, had to go through showing you where they're going to lock up the gun in their house, if they had to go through all of those things, then less people would own guns and i think less of this would happen. I'm really, you know, frustrated at this point. I I was th- thinking like what about the parents that don't have the options of homeschooling or maybe aren't in like private schools and have to send their kids to these schools where sometimes doors are open, things slip under the cracks. And I was researching and I was thinking and I was like, oh, bulletproof stuff. And I found out there's a bulletproof backpack, right? It's called a leather back gear. Um, It's made by a former Secret Service agent who was an agent for uh, Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, uh, Obama, and Trump. And he created this company where this backpack um, can actually turn into a bulletproof vest for the front and the back. And after the school shooting, sales went up 800%. And it's like, great, but like... You know, when we went to school, we were training for earthquakes, right, and fires. We're not training for, okay, guys, ready, here's a school shooter. Everyone, guard the door. Everyone, grab your backpack, flip it, open your bulletproof vest. Like, what is this, right? This is like a sick time in our country that we have to um, buy bulletproof backpacks for our kids and train them how to stop a school shooter. I don't know where else to go from here. Except that I hope something changes soon, and I really feel for the victims, um, and their families. So most of the news this week was about um, the school shooting. I did find a couple of other things that I thought, you know, we can discuss. Um, first is this: according to USA Today, Russia permanently banned. More than 900 Americans, including politicians, celebrities, executives from entering the country. And this includes President Joe Biden, Vice President Kamala Harris, Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg and actor Morgan Freeman. Um, so this basically happened as a response to sh- sanctions that the U.S. put on Russia due to their invasion of Ukraine. Basically, they're being petty betty and they're like, oh, you're going to go against us. Well, we're going to go against you and ban your people um, for going against us. Aside from those people, they also um, enlisted people who incite Russia phobia. This includes Hillary Clinton and 230 members of Congress, both Republicans and Democrats. Some big names, you guys, Nancy Pelosi, Ted Cruz, AOC and Lindsey Graham. And many, many more. There's journalists on here, but Morgan Freeman, you guys. Of all people acting on Morgan Freeman, I guess he put out a video um speaking um, up out against the uh, Russia's interference with the 2016 election. They didn't like that, so they put him on this list. I looked through the entire list. So I'm like, Am I on this shit? I mean, not that I've really spoken out about against Russia, but I was wondering like are like everyday citizens on this list, and there are. So as I'm going down the list, I see this like Armenian name and I didn't really recognize it because most of the names I recognize, whether they're politicians or journalists, and I see this guy's name and i'm like who's this guy so i copy um the reason why he was or who he is into um and google translate and it just said like u.s citizen and i look him up like you can't really find much about him i think he has like a twitter and i guess he's just someone who was tweeting his criticism and here we are he's now on the permanent ban list and that is just like scary for those of you who don't know i'm armenian my parents are from baku and um when they were living there these uh baku programs were happening where they were murdering armenians and my parents fled they fled to russia Um, my mom was um then my mom got pregnant with me and when she was eight months pregnant she went to armenia she gave birth to me went back to russia and i actually lived in russia until i was seven then we moved to the united states and you know i would like to go back to russia someday so i'm like what am i on this list um but that made me think like oh am I checking to like, now I have to be careful of what I say. Um, and what I, when I criticize, criticize the um, Russian government, like I have to be careful. And it's crazy to me because they do that to their own citizens. Right. They, um, you know, they have these scare tactics. People never speak out about Russia. The, The people that live there, the journalists, the politicians, the everyday citizens, the protests don't really end well. So, um, people in that country don't speak out about it and they're just, you know, not used to, getting the criticism especially Putin and look at Americans like oh you want to say something about Russia you're never going to be able to come back here again and I think they're just trying to like scare other Americans from commenting but it's like the threat if the threat is that we're never going to go back there again I don't think most Americans care that much um Especially if they're if what you're doing they deem as inhumane, and also this was Morgan Freeman's description. Um, it, when I translated, a well-known film actor who in September 2017 recorded a video message accusing Russia of conspiring against the United States and calling for a fight against our country. So. Yeah, I don't think that that's what he did. Um, I think that they're using these descriptions to also like let their citizens know, like, look, these people are against us. We have to be against the Americans because they're against us. But like, you guys are in our business and are and there, you guys are in our votes. You guys are invading this country for no reason. And but they're but the language they're using is that Americans are against the country of Russia and are trying to incite some sort of war against Russia. And also, like, I see the Russian news at my parents' house. I, I know what they're talking about. And it's very one-sided. And although America has its, like, unfavorable moments, at least here we at least can comment on things. We have some sort of freedom of speech. We can protest. You know, it's you're scared to say anything there. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like the, the list is going to grow. I think that when American businesses started pulling out of Russia, closing shop, um, putting pressure on Russia to get out of Ukraine. They did not like that very well, because I think that Russia thought what was going to happen was that people were really going to stay out of their invasion of Ukraine and that no one cares about Ukraine. But that wasn't the case. So they're kind of looking and blaming everyone here and there for what's happening um, in their countries. We'll see what happens. I feel like that list is going to drastically grow. The last thing I'm going to talk about and talk worthy is some news that's come out recently about New Jersey Housewives, Teresa Giudice's fiance, Louis. I think it's pronounced Ruelas or Rellas. I don't know. It is being alleged that he pushed his ex-wife into a metal pole. According to, you know, Teresa, all of these stories have been coming out about him this past year are not true. When people are just trying to pop his love bubble and people just hate Teresa. So they'll say anything about him because they don't want to see Teresa happy. This is the same like explanation she used um, to go kind of on, on Margaret and saying, why are you bringing all these things up? You're making all these things up. They're not true. People just say anything because they want to see us break up. They don't want to see me happy. That's her reasoning. But... She's literally blaming everyone else except the situation itself. If you watch Housewives, you know the backstory. But basically, last week, information came out about this incident from 2012. And according to page six, Louis pushed his ex-wife, Marissa DiMartino, into a metal pole during a heated argument back in 2012 according to a police report obtained by Page Six. DiMartino reported that after her estranged husband dropped off the children, the two began arguing over finances. The dispute became heated and culminated with him pushing her into a metal support pole in the garage. The action took place in the presence of the couple's son. DiMartino refused medical attention and was adamant that she did not wish to sign a charge. In 2010, she filed another charge for a verbal dispute and then the third police um report is from 2016 of him shouting names at her in front of their children during a custody exchange so you know the police reports also alleged physical abuse and that he threatened to kill her he insisted however that he has never hit her um and he, he said that if I'm the only guy in America that basically had arguments with his wife and she basically walks in and calls the police, that's the extent of it. So obviously somebody here is lying. Um, even Either it's her or it's him, but she's called the police on him three times. So either she's just a crazy ex, quote unquote, like how some people would describe her, or this really happened. She calls the police because she feels like, she's not safe and she's scared and he pushed her, but she's not pressing char- So people will be like, oh, she didn't press charges. So it didn't happen. Well, a lot of women don't press charges. They just don't. One, they don't, they feel the pressure from that person. But especially if you have children with that person, you don't want to see your children's father go through, um, you know, getting arrested and being charged. That's on his record. That's going to affect him forever. That can affect his business, right? So a lot of women won't press charges. They'll take the first step and they'll file the police report just so like you're kind of scared and you know that it's out there but they don't press charges. This is very normal. So I don't a lot of people are are, you know, accusing her of lying because she didn't actually go through with the charges, but again, a lot of women don't press charges for a reason, especially when they have children. I can see how this can be spun here, you know, she was spiteful, they're getting a divorce, but um three times, you know, filing three police reports, spending how many years even after they were already divorced in 2016 it just doesn't add up and then two of his other ex-fiances um have come out about uh him saying that he was really pushy and aggressive when it came to sex that he would get really mad if they weren't have like sex multiple times a day and he was demanding a lot of sex and when he wasn't getting it he was being getting really really angry and they had fights about that so two women came out talking about that and this is you know before all this information came out about his ex-wife and he told Teresa's brother, Joe Gorga, on the show that he was never abusive to anyone and that those claims are not true. So I don't know. I don't know who's lying. We will never know unless the ex-wife speaks out. But I do have to say this. What do we where do we go from here? Right. Obviously, Teresa's in love. And obviously, she uh, either knows allegedly if this is true, she knows she doesn't care or he's telling her that it's not true or maybe it's not true. I don't know. But where do we go from here if these things are true i really do believe the truth always comes to light this information did not come from his ex-wife she did not send this information to tmz or to page six page six actually i'm assuming it says they obtained they probably went and obtained this information from the police department in their county so what that means is like the ex-wife wasn't trying to be public with this information she has kids with him she probably wants to protect him and probably wants to protect the children but this information came out I do believe the truth always comes to light, whether this is true or not. Where do we go from here? I think that he, if alleged, if what's being alleged is true, at this point, he just needs to say, hey, I wasn't a great person in my past. I did these things. I've cl- clearly worked on them. You saw me go to these um I don't even know what you call them. I'm gonna call it a betterment <laughs> camp. I've gone to these camps. I've gone to these retreats. There you go. They're retreats. I've gone to these retreats. I am uh more I'm 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 smarter, I'm better, I'm more understanding, I'm more patient, I'm whatever it is that he he now is, he has learned. Which honestly on the show, he kind of he he doesn't give me the vibe. I mean, it's on and off that of someone who's being alleged of these things, but he can easily just say, Hey, I'm a different person now than when I was back then. And that's understandable. You know, it is a hard pill to swallow to have these kinds of allegations out against uh, against your current fiance. So understand where Teresa stands on this. It's a hard pill to swallow and nobody wants to admit that these things are true. But it's better to just come out and say, hey, I was this person, but I am no longer this person because people are allowed to change i do believe that some people bring out the worst in each other okay now i'm not saying that that is a reason to ever be physically physically abusive i'm not saying that at all but i just want people to understand there's always a gray area and in that gray area there are relationships that bring out the worst version of you and if the worst version of you is someone who's super aggressive or someone who's verbally abusive whatever these things are Yes, that could be a part of your character trait. Like, that could be who you are. But that can also be just the ugly side of you that someone brings out. And the next person might never bring that side out of you, right? So some people bring the worst part out of us. And if he can use that to his, you know defense and say hey I'm no longer this person because with you I'm this person because you bring out this side of me and also because I've healed and also because I've learned and also because I'm better and also because blah 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 blah. also because now I have four stepdaughters and now I understand whatever the reason is if what is being alleged is true it is time now even though it was time last year but it is time now to just kind of take responsibility admit it if it's true again allegedly if it's true and let's move forward rather than kind of going back and forth on this like it didn't happen, this person's a liar. So now everyone's a liar. So either every single woman he's ever dated is a liar or some of these things hold truth. I don't know. Something to consider. That is it for Talkworthy. Let's move on to BTS. Um, First, I want to start off by saying I posted a clip on my Instagram of the Starbucks abortion support insurance thing that I talked about last week. And I got a lot of interesting DMs and and messages. One of them was kind of like, um, she said something along the lines of, well, you think that people are should be pro-choice and make a decision about their own body. What about um, people, the government telling you about vaccines and what to do with your own body? And I'm like sitting here thinking like, in what part of my clip did I insinuate that People shouldn't have a choice over their own body when it comes to vaccines. I think a lot of people assume just because I'm on the liberal side of things that I agree with all things. I don't. I actually have stated previously on my podcast that I think that people should be able to make the decision for themselves about their health, right? It's the same thing. If I'm going to be able to make a decision about my body as a woman i should be able to make a decision about my body as a female, woman or male about the vaccine and i know a lot of people are going to disagree with me i know a lot a lot of medical experts are going to disagree disagree with me that this is a necess- this vaccine was necessary and we needed to do it for you know the greater the greater uh, whole and i get that and i very much understand that but i think that it's also it always has to be a choice because the second we cross that boundary the second we cross that line between telling people what to put into their body is when we've gone too far so i always believe that i do think people should get vaccinated i don't think that it should be the government's uh uh the government's ruling to make us get vaccinated so I don't know why that person thought that just because I'm pro this means I'm also pro this. No, I can be somewhere in the gray area, which is where I live most of the time. It doesn't mean that I'm indecisive. It means that I'm allowed to feel differently about different things, right? And in general, my belief in general is I believe, again, that nobody should tell you what to do with your body, okay? Um, And that's where I'm going to leave that. Uh, Whether it comes to abortion, vaccines, or anything, People shouldn't be able to tell you what to put into your body, okay? Um, we're going to move on to the next thing in BTS. So last week I talked about how I was going to try to eat meat again. And right after that episode, I went and I had a slider for the first time in five years. It was the first thing that I had eaten since I stopped eating meat. It was uh, from Chris and Eddie's, my boyfriend's restaurant not an ad guys listen to me when I say this it was the best slider or burger that I've ever had in my life and I know you guys are thinking how would you know you haven't eaten meat in five years you don't even know what's out there this is true but a lot of people have told me that this is the best slider they've ever had and when I had it I understand what people were saying the meat is so good and crispy like it was really delicious and I um, I can't believe I've been eating grilled cheeses this whole time when that fucking existed. Like, I can't believe I've been just been eating these grilled cheeses, which are also good. Thank you, Chris for making a great grilled cheese. But this has existed the entire time and I have not been eating it. And I'm just like, what is wrong with me? It is fucking delicious. Um, but I was afraid that my stomach was going to hurt. Again, haven't eaten meat in five years. Nothing, no meat at all, no chicken, no turkey, no red meat, no nothing. Right? And I thought my stomach was gonna get, uh, was gonna hurt. I was like, not eating meat for five years. I'm gonna eat it. I'm gonna get sick. I'm gonna vomit. Nothing, guys. My body reacted like it was a normal day in the neighborhood. Ate the meat, went to sleep, woke up, felt completely fine I was waiting for the moment when I was gonna get sick and I felt completely fine I think that's because I didn't go completely vegan I know a lot of people who go vegan and they try to eat meat again and their stomach hurts um for me I still consumed like m- chicken broth or beef broth like I was if I was eating something that was made with chicken broth I would still eat it it's the actual like meat that I wasn't eating like that the the meat of the the chicken or the turkey I also still ate eggs and I also still had dairy right not a lot of dairy just cheese um I think that's why my body didn't really reject it as much as I think it would have had I been vegan. Now, I will also say this, because I had a colonic, when I was getting my colonic last, like two weeks ago, the lady the therapist, she told me, she said, hey, when you get this colonic, you're not gonna like taste things the same way. You're not gonna crave the same things. You're, gonna, you're not gonna like wanna eat certain things. And when you do eat them, you're gonna be like kind of disgusted by them. And I was like, oh yeah, okay. And then that kind of has been happening. I had, you know, the slider, which was great. Then I had chicken and then I had like, you know, a fish dish, whatever. And my body just didn't want to eat anything. I started kind of like, ugh, like being disgusted by food a little bit. I just started drinking juices, like green juices and smoothies. And I was kind of satisfied and I would like, and finish it off with like a salad or something light, like, and that was enough for me. And I think that's really interesting that this colonic really just turned me off a lot of foods that I was eating. Now I do want to try a bag of munchies, flaming hot munchies, but I'm scared that it's also going to be like, ah, this is not it for you anymore. Um, but yeah, that was my experience with meat now i'm so excited to try hot wings again i haven't had them in so long i'm waiting for like the perfect hot wings opportunity i'm not gonna like just go anywhere kind of want to go to hot wings cafe um what else am i excited to eat oh i had a bite of like filet mignon it was okay this is what i mean by not the meat it's like the meat the quality was good it's just my body was kind of like okay like you weren't really missing anything you know the only thing i was missing was this Christinetti slider but i wasn't really missing anything else when it came to meat, but yeah, I'm happy I did it. I feel like there's a new world for me to explore. I feel like now I'm eating healthier because I'm eating less, um, cheese and I'm eating less wheat and eating less gluten, you know, and eating less starch now because I'm able to like have more protein that I wasn't able to have before. So, um, I'm really excited to see where this meat eating journey takes me again, all things in moderation. Um, what else i was talking about dresses i got one i ordered from the australian line that i ordered dresses from if it's great i don't even think i need to get it altered i'm happy the rest of the dresses i'm going to just kind of reuse recycle whatever that i already had because honestly at this point like i barely found one dress i don't know how i'm going to find three more so um june is about to kick off you guys are going to see me in wedding gown season for real okay um the other thing that I recently bought that I wanted to share with you guys is I was looking for a straw I used to have metal straws um at home and they were okay I didn't love them and I hate like the bamboo and the whatever those straws are I hate those and plastic straws aren't great for like a lot of drinks so I ended up buying um and also they're like horrible right for the environment so I ended up buying these silicone straws that I saw on the skinny confidentials like blog she talked about um how cool they were how cute they were and how great they were and i bought some and i'm obsessed they're like big so they're good for smoothies and juices as well um and i'm really loving them um they're cute and they're just i don't like i I bite my straw sometimes so the metal ones really weren't working with for me but these are amazing um and also I have been trying to drink warm water with lemon in the mornings I haven't been consistent but I've been doing it and um you know a lot of lemon is not good for your gums and your teeth so it's better to drink it through the straw so it goes directly you know you just directly swallow it and that's the silicone straw has also been really good for that um the last thing I want to talk about in BTS is I was I was at the Ohio Valley in this weekend and I just like started realizing that, like, the things that used to really, I don't know, entertain me aren't really doing it for me anymore. And I'm, like, just kind of intrigued by new things. Like, I'm having new interests. Like, I'm, it was, like, it's a huge golfing resort. And I'm, like, looking at people, I'm, like, God, I, I think I want to golf. And I didn't know, like, I, I didn't do it, but I'm now really interested in, like, golfing. I'm also really interested in tennis all of a sudden. Like, never play tennis. I don't know why. I think I'm going to really try those two things out this year um and I also want to go horseback riding a little more I was terrified of horses my boyfriend took me um for the first time in years and it was a great experience but now I want to like really ride the horse you know um and I don't know maybe it's because I'm watching a lot of Yellowstone but yeah those are things that I'm like now very curious about and I want to experience more and yeah I don't know I wonder what's going to be next maybe I'll start playing chess. <laughs> um I think that's it for BTS. Let's get to TV recap. So I've been really busy. And also there's not that much like to watch that I'm like interested in right now. I'm only going to recap three shows. Um, but I am finishing Yellowstone. I'm on the fourth season. So when I'm done, I'll give my little recap. I know I'm late to the game. Um, shout out to my cousin, though. She really put me on. So, the first thing I'm going to talk about is the Kardashians um, Hulu show, the latest episode. Like, I can't say this enough. The new production company is really killing it. Like, everything that we need to see, their day to day, so intriguing, so fascinating. Um, Kim's clothing archive is the craziest thing I've ever seen. Like, she legit has this warehouse of clothes on racks organized by every single thing she's ever worn in bags with a photo of it of when she wore it and it's the coolest thing I've ever seen like what a great way to like I don't know like she just I don't know how long she's been doing this I don't know if she knew that she was going to be like this fashion icon or if like she manifested this or if she just thought like oh I'm going to keep all these things and give it to my daughter but I don't have space in my house so I'm going to put it in a warehouse I don't know what the strategy behind this was but it was a great idea because it's so cool and we saw that um Through these clothing archives, you know, we loved, like, we loved her dress at Courtney's wedding, and we found out that that wasn't, like, a two-piece dress. That was, like, an old, I think, Dolce & Gabbana, like, strapless dress, and then she put another dress, a lace dress on underneath it and then put the dress over it and it just looked like one finished dress but it wasn't it was two dresses and this dress that she the black strapless one she wore like I don't know a million years ago and she had it in her warehouse of um these uh these archived clothing so that was really interesting um and then the conversation between Kendall and Kris Jenner was really something I can relate to like Kendall walks in and, and Christian like, so when are you going to have kids? Like we need to talk about this. And it's not the first time she's done this to her. And I know she's getting a lot of criticism for it, but it's like, I feel her cause like that's my mom. And like, that's, I think most people's moms like, when are we having kids? And what's hilarious to me about this is like how normal it's become to not have, um, to not be married and have children. Like she's not asking her like, when are you getting married? She's like, oh, when are you having kids? Like at this point, just like have a kid, you know? Um, I thought that was interesting. And then the last thing in this episode that um, I uh, was a little fascinated with was this cleanse that Courtney and Travis are doing. I'd be interested in doing this cleanse one day, but I don't know if I can. Like, You can't have sex. You can't drink coffee. You can't do all of these things. And like, I died 10 minutes into my colonic. I can't imagine not drinking coffee and doing this cleanse for like two weeks. They're insane but i really hope that it works out for them and they get the eggs that they need to have their um baby the next thing i'm going to talk about is the real housewives of beverly hills recap so this was a very confusing episode to watch for me especially towards the end when they got to la quinta um you know, first it was tough watching Dory. I think the, the, the PTSD from this robbery is really affecting her. It's really sad. She looks super defeated and, um, she just looks traumatized. I honestly would be terrified to go anywhere. And I, and I feel her that like, she gets like, she has these breakdowns. Um, then Diana, which is the new housewife of Beverly Hills, her prep team was in sane basically you guys if you don't watch the show she is uh, one of the newer housewives she's super wealthy and when she travels before she gets anywhere she sends her team first her team gets there they make sure that the accommodations are up to par they check the bedding out they set unpack her clothes they get the food ready they check for security they do all these things before she even steps foot into the room so when she gets in there it's already set and ready to go like she, I guess I don't know maybe she doesn't unpack her own shit it's just really really interesting and it's fascinating and this is everything that I need in a housewife um other franchises need to like these are the type of women we're looking for like this is crazy um the other thing I truly believe that Sutton when she says she's triggered hearing about Dorit's um robbery I really believe her I don't think that she is being malicious or she is trying to be mean or not empathetic I think it comes off that way but I really do believe that she is really just you know in an awkward situation when it comes to talking about something like that because she's dealt with it in two different ways like she said her dad you know committed suicide with a gun so she doesn't like to hear about guns being pointed at anyone and then um she also was you know uh her home was being robbed when she was a little girl and um there was a man standing outside of her door and that really did traumatize her so she probably doesn't know how to deal with hearing about dorit's robbery so i actually really believe her i don't think that she was being malicious and then um the crystal situation it took me a while to understand it I'm still trying to understand it but what I will say is last season when people were commenting on me included on like I don't think that she should have felt violated and I don't remember what I said about it but really what I was trying to say is we have to look at everyone's intention and I don't think Sutton's intention was to violate her right um but that doesn't that, does, that doesn't overpower the way that Crystal felt. Even though that wasn't Sutton's intention, Crystal can still feel a certain way. And the fact that she felt it and people were telling her she can't feel that way was what she was trying to get at in this episode. That people are trying to tell her how she can and cannot feel. And they um do it to certain people and she just felt like that they were that group that core group was doing it to her so I'm kind of understanding it I just need a little bit more of information I need to revisit this one more time because that conversation at the end of that episode was very just confusing um The last thing I'm going to talk about is that Real Housewives of Atlanta. So that Atlanta comes out on Sunday nights and I record this on Sundays. So I record this before I watch the episode. So I'm going to be a week behind by the time this comes out. So I'm talking about last week's episode when they the whole crew went to um, New York to see Candy's play. Um, And first they went to Todd's um, apartment in New Jersey that he used to share with his ex-wife. And Candy's like, not about it. I actually think the apartment is great. I think it definitely can use a facelift. I think it's amazing to have property in other states. So I don't know why Candy's like really not for it. I do feel her when she's like, hey, when I leave my house in Atlanta and I have to go somewhere else, I want to be able to stay in a hotel and be catered to. And I don't want to have to sit here in traffic coming from New Jersey to New York just for work. So I feel her on that. But I think it is important to have that apartment just to have something else when they go visit you know todd's family in new jersey so i didn't think it was that big of a deal and who cares that he used to own it with his ex-wife like doesn't matter you're going to remodel it you're going to make it new and it's going to be you and him um the last part of this episode that was interesting to me was that the entire group sat there and commented on drew and ralph's relationship and was it appropriate or inappropriate for him to have communication with his assistant um I don't think it's appropriate to have like everyone chime in on your business affairs. I mean, on your marriage affairs. But at the same time, she, Drew did open it up to everyone when she first talked about it. So now it's kind of like open game and it's open game or free game, free game, fair play, fair, fair game fair game. She kind of opened it up and it's fair game. And I think it's important for Ralph to actually get other people's perspective because it's one thing when your wife is telling you like, hey, this is wrong. These are not the things you're supposed to do in the marriage. You can kind of brush it off as, oh, you're, you're complaining or, oh, you're just nagging. But when other people are sitting here telling you that, you then kind of say, okay, well, she's not crazy. There's, you know, there's this perspective from other people that maybe I am in the wrong. So while I do not think that I would want people in my business like that, I do think I do see the benefit in that group conversation about their particular situation, especially since it's already out there um that's all I have for today's episode uh thank you guys so much for listening I will be back next week make sure to subscribe leave a rating and a review um make sure to follow me at starring Milana on Instagram and on TikTok um and DM me let me know if you have any thoughts about this episode and of course um if there are any topics you want me to talk about I know I owe you guys dropping gems episodes and I will definitely bring back those later in the summer it's just been a really hectic time for me now especially trying to get guests obviously i'm not in my studio space so hit me up dm me i love talking to you guys thank you so much for listening and i'll be back next week